You guys, welcome to episode 72 of The Smush Room, the podcast that deep dives on the well-known and more importantly, not so well-known hookups of your favorite reality TV stars. It is me, Troy McEady. How are you? It's good to hear it. Happy post-Thanksgiving. Happy pre-Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, Mazel. Uh, <laughs> I am maybe a few days shy of getting home from New York, um, specifically Jersey City, so I guess more so Jersey. Um, every year for Thanksgiving, I go visit my best friend, and we have like what we call just like our Ina Thanksgiving, where everything is sort of like Ina Garden themed, because we're both in love with Barefoot Contessa. And, uh, yeah, we just kind of get drunk and live out this, ham- this like, East Hampton fantasy, wherever we are. Um, and this year was awesome. We cooked a, an obscene amount of food. Your boy made an iconic charcuterie board. Um, we had flower arrangements. I mean, we really, and it was literally me, her, and one of her friends from her job. And we made enough food for, like, a, a, a town, like a village of people. Um, but it was awesome. It was super fun. And, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, like, trying to, like, wrangle up the courage and the strength and the nerve and the talent and charisma to go out and, like, shop for Christmas. But I just, like, don't know when I'm supposed to buy people. By the way, I realized that last year when we spent when we spent Thanksgiving together or post-Thanksgiving or pre? No, it was post, I think. Um, that was uh, the Anne Hathaway and Anne Hate. Well... <laughs> I just made that up. <laughs> We've never done an Anne Hathaway episode in this podcast. Your boy is having a stroke. No, it was the Anne Hache and Ellen DeGeneres episode. So I guess I I specifically saved this time to speak to my lesbian audience because we are talking about a very iconic lesbian couple today. Um, short-lived, but very impactful. Also extremely requested since i started recording this podcast i don't think i've had more requests to talk about anybody else ever like there are certain people that you guys just like throw at me all the time and like i get it and it's happening and and it's on the list and it's gonna happen and this is one of them and i just have to like sometimes work up the i don't know like the uh the bulls you know to uh to tackle it And this is one of them. It just feels like, sometimes they just feel so daunting beforehand, you know? There's certain couples where I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, like, I feel like I know a lot about them. I can definitely tackle that. There wasn't maybe too much drama happening. And then there are couples where there's so much drama that you have to kind of, uh, I I gotta ease into it. It's a lot of research. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of notes. I mean, you know how it is. You know, I'm like, you know, you guys know that I'm Rain Man, and I can't, I can't take anything (laughs) that you suggest lightly i have to give it my 40 page all um and this was this was no exception and today you guys are going to be talking about Lindsay lohan and samantha ronson this is also um this is a unique episode in the sense that we've talked about Lindsay lohan on this podcast so frequently i mean truly we talk about her i've said this before i've been saying it for a year um she's probably mentioned once per episode right if not every other episode and it's hard for me to kind of gauge what I have and haven't covered in reference to Lindsay on this podcast. So I went all the way back and 
I looked up like all the episodes where I've discussed her, um, episodes where we've covered her fully, where the whole episode has sort of been about her. And I realized that our last very true um, Lindsay Lohan episode was way, way back in the day. You have to really be a Smushroom completionist. Um, but it was Lindsay and Talon Torero from Laguna Beach. Because, yes, if you've been here since the beginning, if you were here since the the budding of this podcast, um, that was one of the first episodes I did. I think it was maybe episode two or three. Uh, it was my first deep dive into Lindsay's life, and we talked about um, her becoming an it girl and the comparisons of her it girl status to other it girls. I mean, I really went fucking ham. Um, that was obviously like the mean girls era of her career. So it was fun to talk about because she was a, a rising star. And we sort of left off at this period in her life where, um, she was sort of transitioning into this like tabloid fixture and she uh, had just done Georgia rule, which was her first like very controversial role because, you know, it was the first one where she very publicly was, you know, showing up late to set and, you know, her coworkers are finding her hard to work with. And that was a huge big budget production with like Jane Fonda, you know what I mean? And uh, Lindsay was showing up inebriated or not at all or late and causing, you know, this all this drama and costing the the production, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars because of her tardiness. And yeah, so that was I think that was where we sort of left off. And I figured that was where we could pick up. I will say to you, this is a really good episode to go back and like, oh, God, at your own will. I, I The really old episodes of this podcast, I kind of... um you know, uh, your your boy was nervous, your, vo- your boy's voice was shaky or whatever. I don't know. It's hard for me to go back and listen, but in this particular case, I would say you definitely should go back and listen to uh, the Lindsay Lohan and Talon Torero episode because um, I, I just went, I went in. Like, I just, I lost myself in that, uh, in that research. And yeah, we're just going to kind of be picking up where we left off there. Um and also, I mean, I just find Samantha Ronson's life, like, endlessly fascinating because she's so, I mean, she's a part of an American dynasty, in a sense, but I don't think people really look at her that way. You don't look at Samantha Ronson and think of her as, like, she's not one of those people that immediately comes to mind when you think of iconic American families, um, but she should be because she comes from a very iconic American family. Um, so yeah, I guess we can go ahead and get started. Um, again, like I said, I am picking up on Lindsay's life at a very specific time, like sort of in the middle of Georgia rule, post Georgia rule. Um, she's uninsurable. She's like, this is like probably the darkest period of Lindsay's career. Uh, which is saying a lot because Lindsay Lohan has had some very dark periods of her career, but this is where things really sort of like, she just lights it all aflame and like burns it all to the ground. And she's still trying to rebuild her image and her brand um, because of this specific time in her life. Um, Obviously the years following this weren't so great either, but this specific time is really where things hit, things hit the fan. What am I Mormon? It's where shit hit the fan. Um, Lindsay and Samantha announced that they were dating in February of 2008, 
they broke up a couple times in between, and they officially ended things in October of 09. Um, and, yeah, I mean, leading up to this relationship, Lindsay was on this sort of dating tirade. Um, she had been linked to Chris Angel, um, Heath Ledger, Jude Law, uh, Travis Barker, Joe Francis, um, Evan Ross, actually. And that one is, I, I mean, it's ironic given the fact that Ashley Simpson is now married to Evan and Ashley has a song about Lindsay in reference to Wilmer. Um, and yeah, I mean, she just, she was just burning through life at this point, not even through men. She was burning through life. Like it was one of her parliaments. I mean, honestly, it was just like, she was like a boulder rolling through Hollywood, just like raising hell. Um, and this is a really dark period, not only for Lindsay's life, but for Samantha's as well. You know, they were both heavily into drugs. Uh, they both cite each other as being toxic. And, you know, the reason that they needed to break up was they kind of blame each other in a sense, sort of passively. Um, and Samantha, who gives off the vibe that she's always enjoyed her sort of like um, silent notoriety. You know, Samantha is so respected in her in her profession. Um, and she's always sort of been anonymous enough that she can like live a normal life. Um but at this time, you know, she was being hounded and stalked by the paparazzi in a way that she probably never saw for herself. You know, she had people camped outside the gates of her home. Um, you know, she was being, I mean, she was literally being stalked. And I have to tell you, some of my all-time favorite paparazzi videos come from this specific time period and this specific couple. And that's saying a lot. If you were like an X-17 head at the time or like a TMZ head, um, you know, like the Lindsay and Samantha years for paparazzi culture was just, it was beyond. I mean, these were two people who would fight in public all the time. They would have these big, huge public um, arguments and spats and drunken fights at three in the morning for four hours straight outside or at the airport or at the coffee bean they kind of just, like, didn't give a fuck. Um, but yeah, so we can kind of start with Lindsay and pick up where we... I mean, this is, like, you guys, really buckle in. We're going to be talking about, like, I Know Who Killed Me and, uh, like, her... Un Do you remember when she was uh, chosen as the, the, like, the, the fashion designer for the year for Ungaro? And she released that dreadful line of garments? I mean, like, all of those things, her self-tanner, all this stuff. Um... And yeah, like I said, again, I just have to really drill it into your head because I think that it's the responsible thing to do. And I know all of you won't do it, and I can't parent or mother you all. You know that I'm a tiger mom, but I, I, I don't have the ability to tiger mom all of you. But I do think you should go back and listen to that episode. Lindsay Lohan and Talon Torero, just search it. Pause me here. I'll give you, uh, literally, we're 11 minutes in. I'll give you 30 seconds right now. I don't know if that was 30 seconds. I can't be in a room for that silent for that long. But go back and listen. Just You have to. There's a part one and part two to this episode. It's a year later, but who cares? Um, and also, by the way, <clears throat> in that previous episode, Lindsay Lohan got into like an almost physical altercation with Kristen Cavallari in Talon Torero's bedroom. There was glass shattered. I mean, what more do, you, what more do I need to say to you? There was fake engagements. You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, 
anyway, so yeah, I decided to kind of start to, to pick up things around 2006, 2007, um, where we so beautifully left off talking about Lindsay Lohan's um, eating disorders and her addiction issues and, you know, the sort of public unraveling of her family. I mean, we discussed the first, the very first um, Lohan family drama that went public and uh, there was an interview that Lindsay Lohan did with Diane Sawyer at that time. She was on the Today Show uh, just kind of talking about, you know, her family. Um, it was her first time having to address her dad or her and her mother being these like dramatic figures in her life. At the time, we didn't know that her parents were just like these crazy, you know, addicts themselves. And, you know, just it's wild now going back and looking at those clips and seeing that like Lindsay Lohan was somebody who very clearly had a lot of skeletons in her closet. And she's one of those people who, you know, her her family probably had it in their minds that if she had made it, or if one of their kids had made it, then everything would be fine. Not realizing that all fame and money does is just sort of like elevate and escalate and put a magnifying glass on all of the issues that you have going on in your family. Um, and that was definitely the case for her. It's It's crazy to see... It's crazy that there was ever even a time in her life where, you know, we didn't know that her family was troubled. <laughs> where we had to learn that about her. Um, so in like July of 06, she admitted herself into a rehab facility for bulimia. Um, but it was released to the press that she uh, had entered for heat exhaustion. And as I mentioned at the time which we, we touched on, Lindsay was filming Georgia Rule, which is iconic, not only because it's an incredible movie and it's super underrated and her acting in it is beyond, in my opinion, one of the best Lindsay Lohan movies, I, I would say second to Mean Girls. I think it's like the, her best acting of her career. Um, but like I said earlier, this was the, t you know, the first time where her work engagement sort of took a backseat to her troubled life. And it was the most public we had seen um you know people in the industry be upset with her um you had jane fonda and all these other actors on set publicly speaking out about how difficult she was to work with how unreliable she was and that you know she was that this this like brat i mean they all described her as just like a spoiled brat that would show up on set expecting everybody to be at her beck and call um like i said she was showing up late and drunk and and or just not at all and the producer of the movie had um, also been extremely public about his disdain for her. Um, he wrote a public letter basically warning her that she had already cost the, you know, the production hundreds of thousands of dollars and she would be responsible for any money lost. So, you know, when she decided to come back on set and film the movie, like they were going to be taking her to court and suing her for... Uh, for not, you know, living up to her obligations. Um, James G. Robinson, who was the producer of the film, uh, he said in his letter publicly, he said, we are all well aware of that your ongoing all-night heavy partying is the real reason for your so-called exhaustion. And this is, you know, 100% where you can trace back the beginnings of the end for Lindsay's career. Um, she was in full-on, like, child star, all-grown-up, like, fire starter... Like, I get what I want when I want. I pay my parents' bills. Make sure all the M&Ms in that bowl are green. You're fired. You're hired. Fantasy. 
You know what I mean? Like, like a, almost like a, an SNL character, like a cliche. Um, and this is also when the internet started really documenting Lindsay's partying, like day by day, literally minute by minute. Lindsay Lohan was drunk at 10.52 p.m. She drove her car at 11.53 p.m., she did a line of coke. Like, I mean, truly documenting her every move. Um, you know, if she had gone out to a club and or, you know, staggered out of a nightclub with dilated pupils or had, you know, a bloody nose on occasion or, uh, you know, that shit was all caught on camera and it was time stamped. And, you know, there are more Lindsay Lohan party timelines on the Internet than fucking Trump memes. I'm not even kidding. Like, there is a timeline on every news publication's website from 2007, 2008, 2009, literally just documenting every single move this girl makes. And when you really read these timelines and go down the list and you realize that, you know, she'll wake up at 10 a.m. and by 10 p.m. she's been drunk, she's been high, she's gotten in a car accident, she's gotten in a public dispute with somebody on a red carpet, she's fired somebody, she's hired somebody, she's dyed her hair, she's gone on a shopping spree, and this was like her every single day. It's amazing to me that Lindsay Lohan is still alive. Honestly. And we're so used to talking about her in a, in this way, where it's like, oh, party girl Lindsay Lohan, you know, addict Lindsay Lohan, troubled star, when you really sort of remove yourself from it and, like, look at it from, like, a bird's-eye perspective, it's wild that she's alive. Because it's been more than 10 years of this, of this, of all of this shit. Um, and at this time, right, you know, before meeting Sam, Lindsay was dating um, the restaurant owner, Harry Morton, who, you know, he had begged her to stop drinking. Um, you know, he had a sister who uh, Kira Knightley actually played in a movie, who passed away from a drug overdose. And a source told New York Daily News that, you know, it got her to cut back on alcohol, but alcohol only. That was like, because according to Lindsay Lohan, she didn't have any other problems. And she still kind of subscribes to the idea that her only issue has always been alcohol. You know, she told Oprah, iconically, that she's only done cocaine a handful of times. Um even though, I mean, for 10 straight years, she's been caught with cocaine. Um, but, you know, in her mind, alcohol is, like, her devil. So that was the thing she decided at this time to, quote, cut back on. Um, but, you know, they were photographed, like, club hopping and going to bars and whatever. Um, they would go to Las Vegas all the time and go on these sort of bar excursions. And... You know, but at that time, her friends were working really hard at keeping her clean, and they were all giving exclusives to all these different magazines about, you know, her doing you know, the 12-step program. Um, she was actually photographed wearing a red chip associated with participation in the 12-step program, and her mom denied it when she was asked about it, and she said that, you know, the chip belonged to one of Lindsay's friends. You know, she, you know said that Lindsay likes going to the meetings because her friends like to go to the meetings and it's good for her. Um, and then she backpedaled after, you know, it was absurdly obvious that that wasn't true and said that, you know, Lindsay does enjoy going to the meetings, um, but she doesn't have a problem herself. She just likes to go and talk. Um, 
and that she was going to stay grounded. Another thing that I love about the Lohan family, specifically with uh, Lindsay and Dina, is they use a lot of these, like, therapy terms. Um, this very, like, sort of empty, meaningless, you know, I, I wanted to be a, in a good headspace. I needed to clear my mind. I, good people around me. Um, grounded. Just, like, all these terms that don't really mean anything, but she's been using them to sort of, like, wiggle her way out of being in trouble for so many years. Um... Lindsay told more magazine in October of that year. She said, it's up to me and my mom to decide if I'm, a, if I'm partying too much. This is iconic. I'm an angel compared to some of my friends. Yeah. This girl just really, truly giving us iconic headlines, tabloid stories and cockamamie insane stories since, since 10 years ago. I'm an angel compared to some of my friends. What an iconic line. Um, if you're if you're an OG Lindsay Lohan fan, then you know that quote. In October, late October, actually, Lindsay had broken up with her boyfriend, and she was spotted partying and um, sort of drunkenly making out with all these different guys. Um, you know, back to back during the same week, she went clubbing with uh, Stavros Narcos, who is famous for dating Paris Hilton. Um, she was seen making out with her ex, Wilmer Valderrama, at Shag Nightclub. And she was also seen drunkenly making out and um, being groped by Keanu Reeves, which I'm very proud of her. I can only dream of being drunk at a nightclub and being um, and being drunkenly groped by Keanu Reeves in some corner with like a fucking... I imagine there's like a hookah in front of them and, you know, a bunch of coke, you know, just all the things. And, uh... This was one of the first times that Lindsay was spotted with Samantha. She actually sang karaoke in West Hollywood at Guy's Bar. And Samantha screamed over the microphone, Give it up for LL. Um, Give it up for my girl LL. And uh, Lindsay had apparently gotten into this bar fight that night where some guy was walking backwards and he fell on Lindsay's table. There was glass shattered. Her phone knocked out of her hand. um, And then she was photographed demanding the person be kicked out. And she did an interview with News of the World at the time, these news sources, I die, where she talked about her eating disorder and her addiction issues. And she said, I feel like I've lived five lifetimes and I'm only 20. You have to hit rock bottom sometimes to get yourself back on top. These are the things I'm talking about. Just sort of empty, meaningless sort of phrases that she's heard other people say that don't really pertain to her current situation. Um... She said, I would lay there screaming, throwing things because the pains were so intense in my head and in my liver. This is in reference to her eating disorder. In the end, I didn't even have the strength to take a shower, says the actress and pop singer. It was terrifying, but going through shit makes you that much stronger. It was making it was making myself sick. Sometimes being that thin doesn't look healthy, and I kind of didn't realize that at the time. In the same interview, Lindsay admitted to, quote, trying pot and hating it. That was her... Uh, her the extent of her drug use. And in November, she appeared on Oprah to defend her reputation as a party girl because that's what she was becoming known as. And she said, I'm 20 years old. Is it a crime to go, you know, dancing with your friends? It's not. I have a life and I have a family and I work and those and I have those three things. Um, and this was a really bad couple months for Lindsay. She hosted the World Music Awards and the conversation surrounding the event at the time was that she was either drunk or high 
when she was hosting. Um, you know, she flubbed a bunch of her lines. She couldn't read the teleprompter. She stumbled on stage and she was photographed um, with uh, self-inflicted cut marks on her arms, uh, which she told the press was blush. Um, she was also selected to appear in um, Mew Mew's campaign that year. And I mean, that's amazing given the fact that she was truly being... I, she was just slashing away at her career with a fucking machete. No pun intended. Machete. Um, she hadn't been mentioned in a positive light in the press in so long at this point. Uh, but in typical, you know, typical Lilo fashion, again, no pun intended, uh, you know, she mucked it up with an alleged overdose, which is insane. This is something that I didn't even know happened until researching this episode. But on November 12th, she had taken a... Um, a lethal amount of cocaine and painkillers. Uh, she was found unconscious in a hotel room filled with drugs. And, you know, this was concerning, aside from the obvious that she could have almost died, but she had already, you know, been photographed with these self-inflicted cuts on her arm, and there were reports that this overdose may have been um, not an accident. So people, I mean, people around her were freaking out. Um... In December, Lindsay attended a GQ Men of the Year dinner, and she got into a weird sort of fight with Will Ferrell. Like, the the news surrounding her at this time, you guys, I'm telling you, it's every single day. There is no, any time this girl would step outside, help, she's like, she's like Storm from X-Men. Like, literally, Lindsay Lohan walks outside, floats off the ground, and just sort of glides through L.A., creating thunderstorms and fires i'm not even kidding um let's get into this for a second because this is actually really 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 funny so at this point Lindsay was already upset because you know stars at this party are avoiding her at this point it's 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 a toxic thing to be seen not only talking to Lindsay lohan but to you know to be said to be like linked to her in any way is not a good look um, at this point, she had hooked up with Leonardo DiCaprio the year prior, and he was pretending not to know her at this party, which pissed her off. So she shows up and she sees her former assistant, she, who she had just fired. The person was now working for Jessica Beale. So Lindsay starts freaking out and screaming for her security to remove this girl from the party, who, by the way, is being paid and is there with Jessica Beale. So she starts crying. She's yelling that if this girl doesn't get kicked out, she'll leave. Which at this point, I'm sure they're all begging what happened anyway. Because who really wants Lindsay Lohan at their event to ruin it <laughs> in, uh, in 2007? So according to Page Six, like Will Ferrell was heard making fun of her with Al Gore and Leonardo DiCaprio. Apparently Lindsay heard them. And she threw a tantrum, and uh, Will said something like, um, you know, why is this girl even here? Like, let's get her out. Like, she's trash. And she heard it. And after reports of this party got out to the press, her rep miraculously confirmed that she had, in fact, been attending AA meetings. 
um, which was, I guess, supposed to excuse her behavior publicly. Uh, Dina then flew to L.A. to live with Lindsay and, quote, monitor her drinking, because that's always worked out in the past. Um, On December 7th of 06, Lindsay wrote a truly masterful piece of art or an incoherent email, as some of you may allegedly call it. Um, alleging to know how to fix the world in connection to Al Gore. And, I mean, okay, let's just keep it real. Lindsay got fucked up. She was high as shit or drunk. And she wrote an email in the middle of the night that she probably wished that she had not sent. And she sent it. It's incoherent. It makes no sense. And the whole thing is about how she knows that if she teams up with Al Gore, she'll be able to save the country. And if you didn't think I was going to read it to you, then you're out of your goddamn mind. She said, Al Gore will help me. He came up to me last night and said that he would be very happy to have a conversation with me. If he's willing to help me, let's find out. Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, and Evan Metropolis, and Josh Doerr, who who works with them, would be willing to help as well, if we ask. We just have to ask. I want to hold a press conference, and I will do anything necessary to do so. Because I have so much impact on our younger generation, as well as generations older than me which we all know and can obviously see. It's it's enough already. I've had enough, and I'm going to be the one who makes the change. Let's sue the tabloids for saying the things they say. Defamation of character. It's my life. I want to live it. People cannot lie and think that it's okay to continue to have done so. I've, I've had so many ups and downs, as we all do. But to make false accusations to one girl is unjust, in my opinion. I am willing to do anything I need to get my life the way it should be. Signed, Lindsay Lohan. It's like, I mean, it's literally like a person asking a psychic, like, what are all the things I can do to ruin my, my, all my hard work and in, in, in my career? And every single day, she's just doing everything she can to make sure nobody takes her seriously, to make sure nobody wants to work with her, and to make sure she never gets hired again to work on a film. You guys, I hate to cut you off, but at this point, I think you know the drill. You've got to be a Patreon member to hear the remainder of this episode. So go to patreon.com slash ebpsychos. At that point, you will uh, be asked to donate. And then when you donate at this level, you'll get this podcast you'll get the remainder of all the episodes every single week you'll get liz bentley's feathers in my hair which is the teen mom podcast um you'll get me and molly's uh britney and kevin chaotic special you'll get all the stuff that molly does exclusively through patreon it's well worth it and also if you're not a member of our facebook group go to molly and it'll take you straight to it and uh all we do all day and all night is talk about reality tv it's super fun so, like I said, patreon.com slash ebpsychos and mollyandthepsychos.com.